Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Pilot Light, a podcast where we watch the first episode of Summit and then we talk about it. My name's David and boy was I myth taken. Uh, this holds up pretty well. Um... <laughs> uh, my name's Sam and fuck yeah, we're doing Spider-Man. Yes! <laughs> uh, and I'm Joe and you wouldn't find fantastic form in the sewer. <laughs> <laughs> you might. Have you seen the thing? <laughs> <laughs> You might see the fantastic form in Arrested Development in the sewer. That's um, true. That's yeah. um, Sam, yeah, demerits for your bit. It wasn't funny. Uh, this oh, week, no. We I'm just watched... excited. I'm not trying no, to be I'm talking funny, over that's... and moving on. This week, we watched the <laughs> 1994 premiere of Spider-Man, the animated series. Uh, the episode, which the title I haven't got in front of me, is about uh, Doc Connors being the lizard. Um, Night of the Lizard or something like Night, Night of, of the, the Lizard. That, it does indeed tally with uh, the information I I, I, I was given. Mm-hmm. Um, I did googling. How good am I? Yeah. So we teased this out last week, uh, and I think I said some disparaging things about this series, and I want to apologise on two counts, Your Honour. Um, the first is that they have now ordered this into the five seasons it aired in on Disney Plus. Whereas I do, I do promise when this was when Disney Plus first launched in the UK, this was just sixty-five episodes in one, like season one block. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they fixed that. And number two, um, this was actually pretty fun. This is a, a decently animated, pretty fun episode. I wouldn't say it's the best episode. Right, of this I'm going to stop you now. This is a disgusting level of unenthusiasm uh, about this <laughs> about this TV show. This is one of the greatest cartoons ever made. By all of humanity, right? Let's 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 just put it out there. <laughs> Your Honor, uh, the plaintiff is obviously confused and deranged. Uh, I think <laughs> this, is, not, a, this, is, this great. is a fine cartoon that holds a high place in my childhood nostalgia, which I enjoy even now. It may even be the best superhero cartoon. How so else is there? What, what what other measure of culture have we got other than superhero media? This is where we're at. The Simpsons. Okay, I'll give you the Simpsons, but I am going to suggest I'm going to say that this is a good, this is a really really good TV show that holds up incredibly well. So much so that I've actually been watching it, like just as a grown up, because it's entertaining and there's enough to keep you going. Like this is great, I love this, and also I will admit, heavy nostalgia drug we've got going on here. I would I would also say that like the Simpsons and Futurama are completely like they aren't in the same class as this because this is obviously aimed at a much younger audience than Simpsons I and have, Futurama I have a rebuttal to the Honourable Mr Sellers uh, I think this is the while really good is not quite as good as Batman the animated series um, I just want to throw that out there I think that's a that's a better cartoon oh, there's not much in it though there's not much in it. So let's. So in this, um, I mean, you know what, Spider-Man, but a young man with spider-like abilities fights crime as a superhero in New York City while trying to have a normal personal life. And I think. And guess what? Is... There's no origin story. Oh my god, there's no origin story. No, there is later <laughs> on. There is later on, but not as a first episode. We 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 get to just jump in and enjoy Spider-Man for its you know for its best the best features of spider-man is what we get in this episode and most of the the episodes that follow it like it's just it's all top top quality so this is 1994 this is a saturday morning 90s tv show which we've spoken about before with uh pinky the brain which we did recently yeah which is a which is a, a another good show but really it's that coming on 
you know, after your early morning TV crap, which is for the young kids, that this is like, oh, it's 8.30. We're getting towards the point where your parents are going to turn it off. And just before they do, you're going to watch a bit of Spider-Man and it's going to be brilliant. Like this is And a let's really... talk about the how you know it's coming on, Sam, is oh. you get that <laughs> opening theme music. Like, um, this opening theme music is notorious. Oh. Inject this into my veins. Into yeah, my so, spider, into my spider blood, spider blood, radioactive spider blood infused veins. Absolutely, man. It's Cynthia's. I mean, if you're listening to the uh, the podcast version of this episode, uh, you've just you've already heard the the opening theme as we came into the episode. And my fucking lord, is that not the cokiest Cynthia thing? Cynthia, thing you've ever heard. Like kids, what do kids love? Oh yeah, ecstasy and partying. Great, fantastic. I've got just the thing. <laughs> And I think it is. We've 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 talked about opening themes before as well, where as, as being like they're so important to kids TV because they've got to they've got to give you the premise, you know, they've got to attract you and they've got to get you through the next twenty thirty seconds to be like, oh, I'm invested in this as a child. And I think this is perfect. I think this is about as good as it gets for like nineties TV themes. I, I don't see that there's anything better than this in terms of summing up what the show is about and just getting you pumped like i am ready to go i am ready to go after this i think i think i described it as the both the best and the worst intro um it's, ever i i don't know if i want to comment on the quality of it it's certainly one of the most memorable mm-hmm. um oh you know what's coming because um, it's things about spider blood radioactive yes, spider blood also perform. Um, so it was written by um, Shuki Levy, who did most of the music, music for this show. But uh, Joe Perry, the Aerosmith guitarist, for some reason. But it Obviously. does mean that we Checks get out, these, we get these wonderful escalating guitar solos. Like there's a, it's <laughs> that bit which which they do once, and you think that's cool, and then a few a few uh, moments later they do again, even more like drug fueled. Guitar solo, which is wonderful. wonderful. It's a lot. It's a lot. So good. It's good. Um, but we should we let's not let's not go long on uh, opening intros. But like it's like you said, it's one of those things where as a kid, like Saturday morning cartoons, is like a you know three or four hour block of parents can leave the kids just in front of the TV. But you'd wander off and you do this and the other. But if you're in the kitchen getting a sandwich or whatever, and you hear this come on, you're like, oh, Spider Man's on. Like it's very much a you know yeah. And it was, uh, response. If I remember right, it was to on, the screen. Yeah, it was on ITV, I think. I think it was later on in the in the morning when we, yeah. we were kids. Because, um, like you said, the early early morning is like uh, you know Teletubbies and shit like that. Yeah, it's it's yeah. time it's time for the parents to kind of you know have the cup of coffee and wake up, prepare for the day. I don't know, man. I feel like something on. I feel like I'd be concerned about this cartoon if I listened to the intro. I'd be like, what what is this? Then again, it was the 90s and cartoons were giving kids seizures and parents didn't give a fuck about that, so why would they care about this? No I seizures. Kids pay attention to, to, to the words in there, really. They don't really... I think you know, everyone was just so burnt out on the economic prosperity that they didn't have time to raise children properly, which yeah. is totally, totally understandable. We're all, we're all watching films about like, 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 like Office Space where we were just so tired of these well-paid jobs that just satisfy oh it's just so well paid secure jobs with decent benefits yeah god, damn it, god. Anyway. so this show this com- th- this comes from um fox kids 
and like Marvel, Marvel is involved, but this is a rough time for Marvel. Marvel is it's, like on the it's floor. It's the low point for Marvel, isn't for scraps. it? Scraps. Um, yeah. Which is hard to understand nowadays because obviously Marvel is like, especially since it's the, the Disney acquisition, because again, Disney owns everything we love. Disney pay us. Um, you can own us too. Um, like, surprisingly Marvel, cheap. Surprisingly cheap. Surprising, Not surprisingly, or, perfectly surprisingly reasonably. cheap, but also like, you know. We can't be embarrassed. There has to be some exchange of money here. Anyway, neither here nor there. Um, yeah, we're not Marvel giving ourselves now. away for free. That's what we're saying. <laughs> Pennies. Exactly. Pennies no, on the It's not like some sort of street corner hooker. Um, <laughs> Marvel at the minute is this all-encompassing giant, and obviously like uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is this toward a force of like especially with the new TV shows that have come out, and like you've been punched in the face every fucking which way from Sunday with by Marvel these days. However, in the 90s, Marvel, you've got X-Men, you've got Spider-Man, that is it. That is the, uh, the, maybe Superman, but like, well, Superman, Superman's DC, DC. No, Marvel, so. and you've got, you've got Spider-Man and you've got um, the X-Men and you've got nothing else anyone cares about. The X-Men films are a few years off yet. The Spider-Man films are about 10 years away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 90... I think around 94, 95 is when Marvel... Uh, Marvel Comics uh, was had to be saved on the from the brink of bankruptcy. I believe yes. this is like the real like low point where you know obviously it was really all all or nothing sort of moment, which makes it interesting, especially in that I think this is the beginnings of I, you, someone might tell me better of when um, Fox got the rights to Spider Man and obviously as, as the the biggest property. Mm-hmm. So in '96 they had to file for chapter 11 bankruptcy which is kind of like a pre thing where like we're, we're in shit but we can maybe save it um but they managed to um pay back some of the creditors and then merged with toy biz and that's so this is this is after spider-man has has, has come out which again it's, it kind of shows you that this did well it was successful however it wasn't enough to save the company Toy Biz, however, were quite invested in this uh, as well. I think there was um, they were kind of like a co-production uh, deal, and so the the executive producer of this show was Avi Arad, who was the CEO of Toy Biz. Now, that's important because it kind of sets up where where the the conception of this show came from. Which, because it's the nineties, it's about selling toys. Everyone is trying to chase that He-Man dollar. God damn us! Mm. Like we are going, we are going to go hard on making toys out of everything. Does anyone else have like? Because we were kids in the nineties. Anyone else have any really, really cool nineties toys? And I want to touch on this every time we talk about a nineties property. Well, last no. time you you brought up Street Sharks and that. No. Me. Oh, go on. Well, that that I can, I, I hadn't thought about Street Sharks in decades, and now here I am, just think, googling Street Sharks, getting into the law. Every single episode, like, oh, where do I watch this? And that—that that is one of the ones that I think is like. I, had, I remember had the, the the you push down the fin and the jaw opened. It was amazing. <sighs> cool, the ones that do things. Most of great. most of my toys were like the free ones out of um, cereal boxes. <laughs> that was that was kind of my level of toy. Yeah, didn't have anything cool like that. Don't worry, guys. Joe owns a house now, so he's doing fine. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, I have a mortgage. I don't literally own it, unfortunately. I mean, uh, basically, uh, I had I had a biker one Corey. of the God. biker mice from Mars, like dolls. <gasps> like it wasn't a proper doll. It was all plastic, and it had the antennas. And it was the grey one with one eye, and I can't remember his name. And there were three of them, and I only ever had the one of them. And I just used to carry it around with me as a small child everywhere. And I think that's one of the harder toys to explain what the fuck it is. Like it's a mouse with antenna. Oh, Harley Davidson <laughs> riding mice. From oh, we couldn't afford Harley Davidson. Yeah, we couldn't afford. The, we couldn't afford the accessories. Yeah, but but so this is this is this was you know this was the idea. We can make some Spider-Man cartoons, and we can sell toys, and everyone's happy. And then here comes uh, a guy called John Semper who actually had like a bit of a creative vision for this show and was able to kind of to to mold it into what we see on screen which is probably the best depiction of spider-man in anything maybe other than um spider-verse i think this is the best thing the the best show that i've seen or, or tv or movie that i've seen that really like just gets the characterization of peter parker the the it it follows the stories from the comic books really faithfully and i think a lot of it comes from his kind of creative vision and then as we'll maybe get into the kind of battle he had with um uh uh, uh avi arad about trying to keep keep you know sell toys by making a good tv show which i think is yeah. is pretty cool Let's talk about the the episode itself, maybe in a bit more a bit more detail. Because um, obviously, like the reason for me that Spider Man the animated, animated series is really good is like it's very much ripped from the comic books, where rather than having you know ten boring episodes about how he's struggling to deliver pizzas, you know, we get a lot of what every episode it's it's a spider it's a Spider Man Rogues Gallery baddie. So in this episode, we have Doc Connors as the Lizard. Um, obviously, uh, we're all you know, obviously nerds. We're familiar with that. Um, he in films. Just to tie this into the films, the James Garfield ones, like he's in that. The first one of those, I think, is like he's also the baddie in that. Doc Connors as the Lizard, mm-hmm. um, which I you know is an odd choice, but you know that's just how many Spider-Man iterations we've had. <laughs> yeah, lots of lots of Spider-Man. This episode then is based off a 1963 comic called Face to Face Ellipsis with the Lizard. Um, I, had my, I added my own vocal performance to that. It's it's a really great. Thank you. It's it's a good episode, and it's and it goes it goes to one of the better characters in um, Spider-Man lore, which I think is Doc Connors, who turns into this freakish lizard. Oddly, with a coat that also grows to his size and then shrinks again, which I never understood. Don't question it. Don't also, it. Taylor, here's just a thing, right? <laughs> Speaking of Taylor, like, doesn't Doc Connors only have one arm when he's a human? So, yes. like, why would he have a blab coat with two arms for when he's a lizard? I think it is because up. It, it's because that's why he like turned into a lizard, wasn't he? Um, he yeah, but he, why he, would you like, get a lab coat to give himself like... a second arm, and that's his second arm turned into a lizard? That's how like no, it no, I, I get that, but like it's surely if you've got one arm, all your lab coats have just got one arm. Surely that's like a sensible way to do business. I don't know. I don't have one arm or they, a lab they don't, coat. They don't. They don't make one armed lab coat actually. yet. Welcome to lab coat cast. And it's I'm not big, sure that that's a very like big kind of like you, you know audience to kind of possibly not make enough. profit. 
what we the start of this episode then is is kind is uh we get to see a little bit of a a bit between two TV repairmen. It's a funny joke. It's a funny no, joke. Guys, they work down in the sewer, so I don't think they're repairing TVs. Sam. I think they're like railway workers. Sorry, yeah, but no, but they're going down to fix. They're going down to fix some cabling or something, aren't they? And there's a there's a joke where he he's where one of them says, "Oh, I, I used to be a TV executive," like as as if he's now been lowered to crawling down into sewers, <laughs> which is kind of a funny. It's kind of. A I funny think the joke is like, therefore, he's only qualified to crawling sewers yeah now i'm happy to piss out of tv execs absolutely but let's maybe you know like people who are going down and doing essential maintenance on sewers seems like a pretty important job but the, the this show is is kind of has a few of those like more adultly fourth wall references there's one in a couple episodes time where joe joe uh, j j joe j jonah jameson is um is like saying to brock you you humiliate completely embarrass me in front of all of the networks, even Fox, <laughs> which is like a Simpsons esque <laughs> roast. Simpsons of Futurama esque, like yeah. they're on Fox, but they're making fun of Fox. But you don't expect it from a kids' TV show. No, because everyone's like kids are like, what the hell's Fox? I don't know what Fox is. <laughs> so that's the opening bit, and this is where I think for me, I noticed the first thing I noticed was was when the the TV former TV executive now sewer maintenance guy is being chased by um uh the lizard and he's driving away running off and then spider-man's like what are you doing slow down like this is where the animation starts to really like show for me because it's a dead it's a very weird style of animation this like it's it feels kind of like a you know your standard 90s stuff it's very different to x-men though it's very different to the batman one it kind of verges on some of the Lupin stuff. Do you remember that film previous episode? I do. Watched Castle Cagliostro. Yeah. Turns out done done by the same animation studio in in Korea, I think. Um, so there's lots of that kind of feel there, but it's a it's a weird thing, isn't it? And then we get these digital inserts as well. It's 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 quite unique. the digital inserts are not good. There's only I only really picked up on two or three of them, and it's early on when. There's the, like the car chase scene, and it's like, oh god, yeah. just animate it. I know it costs more, but please. I think they were hoping to use more of the digital stuff, um, but it ended up being too expensive because because it's the nineties. Whereas now, what you want us to get people to manually draw it by hand? What are we billionaires? We can't do that. Just get get it done, you know, digitally and be done with it. Um, yep. Yep. So once the um, they kind of have this chase out of the way, he basically saves the um, he, he saves one of the TV repairmen. One of them gets captured by the lizard, um, and the other one kind of flees in a panic and nearly kills hundreds of people. Crashes into the river. Spidey saves him, um, and he tells him about some red eyes, which the lizard has red eyes apparently. Well, he does have red eyes. So, um, and Spidey's like, "What are you talking about? Red eyes? Who has red eyes?" And it's. Um, it then kind of goes into a little bit more kind of into Peter's kind of like personal life, doesn't it? So his his boss is asking him to get a picture of the lizard if he can. Um, and he gets the first person to get a good, clear shot is, uh, I think it's a thousand pounds or something like that. Which he can um, use to buy his aunt out of debtor's prison or whatever's going on in the background of this episode. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, this is the one thing about Spider-Man that, like, I just could do without, is, like, I cannot stand how poor Aunt May is and how consistently poor she is and, like, how consistently she lives in a really nice house yet is, like, constantly on the line of, you know, literally being thrown in prison for poverty. Um, yeah, and she's probably and one of the most a... depressing Aunt Mays, uh, like... In Spider-Man. I don't mind this. I it's a particularly... This. It's a good Aunt May performance, but it's a particularly, like, old and, like, doddery and, and you know, um, vulnerable oh, sort Aunt of May. Aunt May. Yeah. Um, I remember some of the later seasons as well. Like, I thought she died, and I'm not sure she doesn't, to be fair. Um, but she certainly goes through the mill a couple of times. I think this yeah. works well, though, because it's core, it's core to Peter Parker's character, isn't it? Like, this is... I think this is such a good characterization of... of... I don't know, man. I'm sold on sexy Marissa Tomei as Aunt May. I feel like that's just an improvement across the board. mm, No, No, that doesn't work. Because because what's like I think the draw to Spider Man is that he's he's a kid who has like the personal life thing, and then on the side he's trying to be a superhero. That's always what's been so engaging in a way that like in a way that. Batman's cool. I can't really relate to being a billionaire though. <laughs> like I don't really have the same connection as I do to like being a, a you know an awkward kid who's trying to pass his exams and whatever else. So and then when you combine it in this with the great performance um uh, by what's the guy's name? I haven't I haven't got it there. You will you look it up. Look the, it up. Great... But um it's interesting that they they age up they age up Peter Parker in 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 this. I say age up. It's hard to know like where in the comics we are. But Christopher um, Daniel Barnes mm-hmm. is Christopher mm-hmm. Daniel Barnes. Very good. Uh, they age him up. So from this episode in in the Spider Man series, he's an adult. He's at college. So like they kind of move away from him being you know, yeah. fifteen or sixteen years old, uh, which I think allows them to do like a lot more not adult storylines because this is very toned down to be suitable for children. Um, not in a bad way, but like it allows them to have him have a lot more agency than a teenager would. And there's no storylines about like, oh, I've got to get back before curfew because he's a grown man. Yeah. He's a bit like a linebacker in the drawing. Yeah, he does. He looks bigger than Spider-Man. Something to mention here as well is the narration, actually. Actually, you don't really notice it. Um, like, you know, a lot of shows when they have narration, it's quite easy to pick up on, but... It, it takes a while to actually realise that that's what he's doing, and it works really, really well for me. Um, he does a really good job of narrating it. It's, again, like ripped from the comic books where Spider-Man does talk to himself a lot, and it's kind of like... And we, we've we seen so many iterate Spider-Man, it seems like one of the most overdone properties. You know, we've got this series, four or five other cartoons. We've got the Tobey Maguire films. We've got the James Garfield films. Now we've got that other guy who's doing movies. Um... And like, so we've seen this a lot, but this is kind of like the best of both worlds. It's taking all the good stuff from the comics, but it's not like totally irreverent. Like in this episode, it doesn't assume that you know who Doc Connors is. It tells you who he is. It tells you how Peter knows him. It tells you what happened in 20 minutes. And and it's doing that because it's kids TV, isn't it? And it has to, it has to like reach a level where you can, you can kind of just tune into this as a, eight-year-old or whatever you know my son watches this and he he thinks it's brilliant he, he always enjoys it because it is it, and he's right work. yeah he's because he's because he's an articulate fella it it works at that <laughs> level 
Um, but but this Peter Parker, I think is I think it's my favourite Peter Parker. You know, especially when you get on to fucking Tobey Maguire levels, which is stop. Look at that face crying. Stop. It. <laughs> Oh God, face! Oh God, the face! The fa- the you know the on. face I'm talking about. You know that face. I do think, though, that narration, the, the narration in this is like it, it's pretty heavy-handed. <laughs> and, but and again, could... it's just taking it from the comics, where like from a very for a very good reason in the comics, he's talking to himself because otherwise it's just a panel of Spider-Man doing things most doing of the nothing. time. Yeah. So like he's talking to himself to like have do you know what I mean have a, di- a dialogue going on and in this in this it just allows them to like number one as I said those animators must have been like oh my god it's seen he's in the- Spider-Man's talking to himself again yay because they don't have to animate a mouth they don't have to look at lines like they can fucking dub whatever they like on this that's fine also cheaper on the cast because there's one person that has a lot of lines the rest of them nothing yeah yeah <laughs> But it, but it mean it means. I think that, I think it is a bit expositiony. It, like it's sometimes you're like, wow, you there's no one else here. Who am I talking to? You know, what I mean, that it's just he's just telling loads of jokes to himself. It's so a like bit, the one that Dave used and the one I used and stuff. It's just him talking to himself. It's a bit you know? fourth wally, like not quite because he's not talking to us. He is talking to himself. But it, it you, know, you know, what I mean, it's kind of on the edge there. But it it, it also it also. Um, yeah, that fourth wall thing is interesting because he, he he's saying like, oh, you don't as you've said, you don't see the Avengers in the sewer, and all these other things. Like he's why can't I be why can't I be one of those um, galaxy hopping superheroes as opposed to yeah. you know the guy who's fighting a lizard in a sewer? Great. I think the legacy of of this though is that you see quite a lot of the of that um, of of this tone, this feel, this kind of light, funny, like positive attitude that Peter Parker has. You see it in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies as well, where there's like bits later on where it's like, you know, who am I? I'm your everyday hero. It's fucking jite. Although they I do they always have to have like the the little like quips and things when they're fighting bad guys, you know, like when yeah. they're like, you know, he and he does that in this, but in all the, the you know the more modern ones, you know, it's always Iron Man kind of making funny quips as he's fighting somebody. And again, yeah. it's that difference between like from a writing point of view. In this, this episode, it'd be an example we have to use. Like, he's in the sewer, he's looking around, he goes up, there's nothing here, it's all right. And then he goes, hold on. And he finds something, he goes, looks like I was myth taken. <laughs> but, like, that's a line that Peter Parker <laughs> says to himself because he thinks it's funny. It's not for, do you know what I mean? From a writing perspective, that's not something that he says because the writers thought the audience would find it funny. It's something that. It's, he says to himself because in the char- Peter Parker's character would talk to himself and would think that was funny. Yeah. And the fact that we find it funny is kind of gravy, and there's a mm-hmm. lot of reasons for that. Whereas modern on the latter stuff, the Tobey Maguire stuff, it's very much more like he's saying a quippy line because the audience will react. You know, do you know what I mean? It, it's mm-hmm. to the audience rather than. He, he kind yeah, of does like this as well, though. There's like the because uh, when he's fighting the lizard thing, he's there like. Saying stuff like "oh, good reactions for a future handbag" and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> that's um, comedy gold, Joe. You know it. You know <laughs> the only thing I'd like from from this from this Peter Parker is, I, I love it when, and and kind of Superman does this maybe a bit better, is when the alter ego, you know, the the, the mild mannered alter ego, is a total wimp. And completely useless. And I love how in uh, I, I wish there's a little bit more of that because in this he I saves. don't know, man. There's 
there's a bit where Betsy, he basically assaults Betsy. Like, and she's like, she gets over that very quickly. Just if you were walking down a corridor with somebody that you kind of knew from school, right? You suddenly grab her by the mouth and the neck. Like, there's no way you're talking your way out of that situation. I don't remember this bit. What, what happened? So they're walking down. He they, he goes to the the lab to see Doc Connors or to get him to look at something. And I think it's Betsy, uh, the blonde-haired lady, is with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Betsy Brandt, for, uh, the character from the comic books. And they're walking down the corridor, and the spider spidey senses go, and he grabs her, but like he covers her mouth so she won't scream, so that if there is someone, they won't know they're there. But she's like, "What the fuck are you doing? You covering my mouth? What's happening mm, here?" I, I, and, I, and then in the next scene, it's all fine. But I'd be like, "Wow, the police are getting called." Like you yeah. just, you know. I think I think it's Deborah Whitman that you're talking about. Deborah um, Whitman, yeah, yeah, played by Liz Georges. Yeah, so she, yeah, okay, that is that is a bit questionable, but it's the nineties. No, no, so what I'm not... saying is like it's it's there's, there's there's not a delineating line. Like we don't really get a lot. We don't know who the Peter Parker character is in this. Mm-hmm. We know who the Spider-Man character is, but we don't know who the alter ego is really. And it's kind of like a because again, he's not drawn to be like a dweeby, like and maybe that's just the animation. But he looks, you know, he the man looks like Tom Brady basically, you know, like wide yes. shoulders, you know, yeah, six foot eight tall. So the in this episode, then we we've I mean you know there's kind of lots going on, but effectively we're we're now onto the lizard. We're talking about the 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 lizard's free and nobody really knows what's going on, but they do know that it's <clears throat> eventually that it's Doc Connors. I think the lizard is one of my favourite villains. I had this character, which was awesome. I remember this this toy. I had this toy. I think it's one of my favourite villains because it's it's like such a it's such a it's such a cool like human story. This guy's lost his arm. He's a scientist, and he's basically wants to create like a serum or whatever that can he- grow an arm back or can help other people who might have you know had yeah, grow limbs. Yeah, yeah, whatever else. So it, it, grow me it, a third arm to drink a beer while I drive. <laughs> yeah, I could do anything. Yeah, that's what that's what you do your third arm for, Dave. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I think I'd need an upgrade on a certain other appendage to get three hands on it. <laughs> oh, we can do it. You will turn into a lizard, unfortunately, but that's it's a side effect. And you might be willing to price to pay, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but what what we what we see though is is Doc Connors and his like tragic story, where he's got a wife and a kid. Like, there's points where it gets pretty close to the bone. I think in terms of being. Like quite traumatic, you know, when when little Billy, literally the kid's name, is like, "Daddy, no," you know, and then he takes his mom away, and there's a great point when Spider Man's like, says, "Don't worry, I'll get him." Now I'm just going to take you to a neighbor's house, which is of course because it's Saturday morning TV. You can't just leave a kid there. Everyone's going to be like, "You leaving the kid?" So they take him, but I think it, I think it's such a great character, and I think it's a it's a great starting point for this tv show i think yeah and it's i do agree i like i like um i like doc connors as a character um i'm not a huge fan of the mad scientist serum i'm gonna save humanity like arc i like uh, that i think Don't that like do you know what it is i think we've seen too much of it in movies and like and it's nice in this because it's not like a you know two hour like tragic screaming at the moon like you know thing for him it's just quite a short like we understand what's happening we get a great um great techno babble it's the uh, neogenic recombinator 
uh, which is yeah, I was I was reading about this. They, they they don't actually, and this is what's so stupid about the actual intro. So in the actual show Spider Man, they don't talk about a radioactive spider. It's neogenics. So the word radioactive is in the theme tune, a radioactive spider blood. Spider blood. In the actual TV show, it's neogenics. Oh, don't oh, mention sorry. radioactivity. Let's let's. I'm gonna. So I hope someone got fired for that blunder. <laughs> Lot, everyone got fired, Sam. The show got cancelled after five seasons. Oh, yeah, everyone we'll come got to fired. Um, <laughs> but what, what I, what the, the other thing, and this is the first kind of like season of this, I guess, is based on um, it continues with the lizard stuff. So Doc Connors, and it's kind of like the major story arc through the whole season. Now that's interesting because how many TV shows, Saturday morning TV shows, can you think of that had significant like long term arcs? Um, because I I can't think of many, especially not as detailed as this one where you've got. Uh, you I would I would say that like I think most Saturday morning cartoons like this. So I'm using going to say Street Sharks as an example. I'm going to say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as an example. I'm going to say Biker Mice from Mars as an example. Like most of the episodes are Monster of the Week. It's like which baddie are we fighting this week? However, there's usually like an overarching thing. In Street Sharks, there's like the evil professor, like I said, with his serum and his saving the world or whatever. Um, and they're basically like every, every monster they fight week by week, it, it originates from him. So there's kind of like a, you know, a thread there every single week. Um, you know, Teenage, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is usually like um, Shredder's not the evil one. It's the other guy. Um, it's usually the same, like, evil guys pulling the strings for everything and in spider-man it's kind of like usually one villain or like you know there's a couple there's a good recurring um actually there's a really cool recurring blade plot in this uh because that's right um movie fans uh blade is a recurring character in spider-man the animated series ultra uh, violent vampire the, killer that's Kids right TV. guys that's got right guys in this Spider-Man universe, the world is fucking full of vampires, and we never ever hear about it except That's when we read. I love that arc, but but what I think it what I think it comes down to is it comes down to John Semper. So this is the producer. This is the main creative force behind the show because he was determined to have these arcs in there, and I think that when you when you see the, you know the butting heads against the Toy Biz guy, who's <laughs> like, I don't care about arcs, and they were actually quite nervous, I think, because. Kids, kids can't follow things. Kids are stupid. Just sell the toys. This is one big toy commercial, is what Avi Arad said. So, like, to get arcs like this, I think is really impressive because I can't think of many of the shows. Yeah, you're right. There's like a common theme, perhaps, running through them, but to have basically entirely separate, different stories, like fucking Star Trek, doesn't do that. You know, but it, Star it Trek can goes... be confusing though. And uh, a good example, a good thing to compare this to is the x-men animated series mm. um which has this kind of like honestly incredibly confusing like time travely future pasty storyline involving these big robot things that they're always fighting and as a 30 year old man i'm still not totally clear <laughs> and i've watched quite a lot of it again but as a kid i find it found it like fascinating and i really wanted all the toys and things but like totally like <laughs> i don't know what's happening but i'm in i'm on board i, I want more of it just I, I what what but oh my god great which i think that maybe spider-man doesn't suffer from to the same extent but like there is a certain amount of that as a kid like it doesn't matter if, if you're entertained 
like actually, as far as something making sense goes, it's, it's, that's less important. Yeah, kids have a good imagination. Yeah, kids have a good imagination. They'll connect the dots. Yeah, and and I think these episodes are standalone enough. I think that's the balance that they manage to strike. Is that like this episode ends with Doc Connors opening the door with a shit-eating grin in his face because he's I'm fine now. What are you talking about? Because like that's and that's resolved. Like the the arc of the episode that. Billy's scared of his dad now because he's turned into a lizard. Because <laughs> he's a horrible lizard that kidnaps <laughs> people, yeah. Oh, God. Like, it's fine. And then I think it, it comes back later on you know, that he hasn't resolved it and he's still continuing to experiment with his research and all this stuff. So I think it's a great balance. I think it works really well. And we get to have these great, satisfying, long-term story arcs, which reminds me of there's a Ninjago, which I think we've talked about before, but which my son watches, that has a similar thing where you've got an individual episode, but there's this thread that runs throughout, which actually makes it quite compelling. Like as an adult, it's quite compelling, and I think that's maybe why I can still watch Spider-Man now because you get a bit of substance. It's not just Monster of the Week, which can be a bit. It is you know, quite. Difficult. There is quite a lot of Monster of the Week, I should say. Like it's not. Oh, yeah. You are right, Sam. There is more of a thread, but at the same time, it's it's you know which 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 villain is Spider-Man fighting this week? Like that, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I don't want to make out that this is like a, a cogent, you know, linear plot, moving into plot, moving into plot, moving into plot series, because it isn't quite, it's no. a bit of both, Sam. And um, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be for for Saturday morning TV, should it? Um, the other thing with this episode, actually, I was just going to say, they um, apparently they released this episode uh, months before um, any of the other season one episodes as a special sneak preview, and it was such a hit. Um, they actually considered upping the amount of episodes that they ordered. So they ordered 65. They were going to actually order 100 based off how popular it was. But, um... Um, that's well, there was... Um, the uh, There were episodes written for season six. Um, yes. Sorry, my brain just wouldn't fire there. Uh, so this got five seasons and then got cancelled. Uh, but not for a lot of the reasons that a lot of the other shows that we do get cancelled. This got cancelled, as we kind of alluded to here, because there was friction between, I think, the showrunners and the Fox executive and Arad, who was the the, the guy who owned the property. And I think yeah. there was basically like a, you know, well, fuck you, I'm cancelling it, just out of, like, spite, because this was a good moneymaker. It was popular. Critics liked it. Like, there was, you know, they, they were writing episodes for season six. The scripts are out there. Um, and they were just like, nope, you're done. Get out! You're all replaced fired. it. Replaced it with Spider Man Unlimited. Mm. Let that down... come a few years later, Joe. It was 1999 that that came. Oh, out. so not, not yeah. long after them. Which was, which I think is, uh, you know, is all right and it's done, did well as well. It, it, so it comes down to Avi Arad, the toy guy, and then I think head of Fox Kids, Margaret Loesch, who yes. I, these two personally didn't get on, <laughs> and I think I basically think Margaret Loesch, who then left. Um, uh, uh, Fox Kids just a few years afterwards, a couple of years afterwards, she basically, like, almost in a, a kind of like a personal tap because this was his baby in terms of he managed to, you know, make loads of money off toys and then kind of he cancelled it because he didn't like him, which is really sad because if there was additional episodes, as you say, like, and it sounds like they were pretty well formed, that we'd really. It's more te- more good TV that could have been made if not for these. It doesn't always work. Look at the uh, animated series of Star Trek, Sam. 
you know. I yeah, will but that was after episode one, Joe. I will not, I will not look <laughs> at it. Um, well, no, but no, that, they I were based on episodes that. of the original series, not like from other oh, episodes. Yeah. Of, that's like, true, that's true. Animated, yeah. so. um, but I would say that, like, yes, it's sad and not sad, but it's, you know, it's a shame. But at the same <laughs> time, there are 65 episodes of this. And, like, if you if you want to watch a Spider-Man thing, like, don't worry about it. Like, we've got you covered, you know. Not, not except, also, not I didn't say also. good Spider-Man thing. There's lots of bad Spider-Man things. But I think yeah. that in terms of a superhero, I think we're quite well served by, like, the Spider-Verse film is excellent. Like, a really captures the soul of this TV show that film I think mm-hmm. in terms also, of also like, in terms of in terms of kids in terms of kids as well like they have a an extraordinary capacity to like rewatch something so 65 episodes put the first one back on again they're not going to know they're not going to care they'll watch it all again nice joke 10 episodes and they'll be <laughs> straight back round and you're like fucking yes. I can't watch Ben and Holly again please kill me please send help <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awful. absolutely awful some, yeah, um, well, reason 175 not to have children. <laughs> That'll make you watch fucking TV. You don't want to. There's some famous voices that we hear in this. We get the second best J. Jonah Jameson um, performance. Joey Jojo Junior Shabadoo, yes. Yeah, is uh, obviously obviously behind J.K. Simmons in the in the uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Edward and the new ones. Asner. Say again. And the new ones. He's in the new ones as well. The um... The Marvel, the new Marvel Cinematic Universe Spider-Man films have got him yeah, in his yeah. JK Homecoming and the likes. Yes, Edward one. Asner, obviously, you know, famous, famous guy who's who's. Um, I don't know if he's still alive. Is Edward Asner still alive? It's possible. Uh, I think he um, died in two thousand and eleven or twelve. Um, I, but I think he went by Ed. <laughs> to be fair, Sam, like no, Ed Asner, I think is no, the. He's still alive. Very much still alive. And... Well, um, I think I'm due some sort of restitution from some um, contractors, so I'll uh, yeah chase that up. You know him from he's the voice in um, Up. So you know, like a, again, a good voice actor, someone who knows how to do voice acting, which I think works really well. I I, I just love um, Jameson as a character. Like I think he's so funny. And then when you when you add the J.K. Simmons stuff later on, like this is just comedy gold. I imagine that a lot of I imagine J.K. Simmons must have been inspired, or at least since there's a lot, there's a lot in common, isn't there, with the even the, the inflections and the and the, the energy. Um, yeah. There's also uh, Hank Azaria doing um, doing his like a, a variant of his patented Bronson voice. Uh, it, <laughs> it really is Brock in this, is voiced by Hank Azaria, and he really does sound like the Bronson guy from from The Simpsons. I couldn't get over it. I can't hear Hanger's area anywhere without just thinking of the, especially like the you know the, like the generic background um, characters yeah. that he does, like you know thanks buddy and all these small lines. They just it just sounds exactly like that. But I like I think he's a good actor. It's nice to hear him not doing an offensive accent. That's what I that's always what I enjoyed from this. Yeah, no, good. no more. Um, it's always positive for him not to be demeaning an entire nationality. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, but that's yeah, it's a film it. show. I like some of the voice acting going forwards. I haven't got the names of anyone in front of me um, because it wasn't the episode we watched. And this is like a smaller cast. Uh, we obviously don't get Mary Jane until a little bit later on. Uh, we don't get some of the more, you know, common Spider-Man villains. Like, you know, we get Norman Osborn and everything later on. Um, and again, like really competent voice performances. I guess in my mind, the mid-90s is kind of like the peak of like, you know, 
hand-drawn animation and voice acting like where they met in this this wonderful you know the simpsons being the sort of like the peak example of that and then futurama following it and it kind of tapers off now every, now everything's digital nothing looks nothing looks like it has depth everything's very flat and you know there's too many fucking actors in mm. my animation like go and get a job man you were good looking enough to become an actor. Go and get a job. <laughs> leave, leave the voice acting, the voice actors. So the kind of last bit of this episode is, is um, well, they just have a big fight, don't they? There's some, again, there's some great animation. The bit when they're fighting in the water over the transformer laser thingy, like you can't really see them. It's kind of like outlined, like silhouetted almost. And then when he fires, when they they fire the laser, this is like there's a frame of it that I genuinely think is is like wonderful. You could just cut out and and have as a as a as a as a as a you know a picture like it's it's amazing it's really nice and you get the happy ending don't you with um you know managing to turn doc back in yeah back for into... now and oh, he also gets his thousand dollar photo that's the that's the that's the kind of like and the brock thread gets that... by spiderweb off a lamppost so everyone's yeah. happy oh brock he's just trying to do his job man don't worry, he'll be Venom soon. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> he'll be the Dark Spider-Man. It's very, very That's exciting. That's true. Um, who played Venom in that Spider-Man 3? Uh, it's the main guy. Someone find his name for me. It's the main guy from that 70s show. The kid from that. Um, and he is the he is uh, the yeah. worst version of Venom like I could you could possibly imagine. Uh, I don't know who you're talking, mean. and I'll find him. Yes, we'll keep talking. Uh, yeah, Spider-Man 3 is an abortion of a film, uh, which we should absolutely do on the, the main feed. Topher Grace. Topher Grace. Yeah, Topher Grace, because I think Spider-Man 3 is possibly one of the worst movies ever made, let alone like a superhero movie, let alone a Spider-Man movie, and there's a lot of bad <laughs> Spider-Man movies. I, I quite I quite liked I like the first one, the first Sam Raimi movie. The second one with Doc Ock is like, it's, it's, yeah, it's okay, and then it's just amazing how quickly the the last one drops off a cliff. Like, what's clever about that third one, Sam, is how like you know some movies they have an interesting premise and they miss the mark, and some movies you know they have some odd casting that doesn't quite do the job, and some movies have bad digital effects, and some movies have really odd tonal things like Tobey Maguire putting black mascara on putting loads of grease in his hair and doing karaoke um, and dancing. And then some movies, like Spider-Man 3, they offend on all fronts. And it's like they went out of their way to make the worst possible version of that script that they could. I mean, um, if, you, if you're going to like make a mess of it, you might as well do it in style, Dave. Well, they were clever, Joe, because what they'd done two movies ago was cast Tobey Maguire, so it was all baked in. They were ready. They were ready to make a really terrible Spider-Man he's, movie. He's, he's Forty-year-old Tobey Maguire trying to be a like a student. The trouble is, Joe, when you ask Tobey Maguire, who's forty-five years old when he made that movie, to play an adult, <laughs> that's when it somehow falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> He, I mean, I'm not suggesting he did a great job, but as a as a teenager either, to be honest. But somehow he's better at that than portraying an adult. Yeah, but I do. I have to say, I still think it's a fun. Like, I, it's a good or, origin story. Like, it's 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 enough there, um, which I think works. But this is this is a conversation for a different time. Uh, what to finish off? I'd like to talk about like again the legacy of this show because I think I think so much of the interest in Spider Man. Um, I have, you know, I can't really say this with certainty, but I think a heck of a lot of it comes from the fact that 
we watched this when we were kids, you know, and then the the people who are making the decisions obviously are now in our age bracket. Spider-Man has is one of those properties that I think has just managed to just just continue like and persist in a way that doesn't seem to have made sense. You know, Superman has come and gone and then come again and then you know, we're not really sure what's going to happen next. God, the, the Avengers have 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 obviously just risen to a, a huge ascendancy. Spider-Man not there only because Fox held the rights to that. Like otherwise, you fucking better believe he would be slapped on the front of the first Avengers movie if if they could. And it's I I think a lot of it comes back to TV TV like this where you've got a really really good idea of what Spider-Man should be, and that's the success of it. This is the best conception, the best bringing together all the different threads that make good Spider-Man stories. And then from there, we probably culminate in one of the best movies I think I've seen in a long, long time, which is um, Into the Spider-Verse, which which just nails. It nails the theme and the tone of what Spider-Man should be. And I think it's built on this show. Yeah. And you are right, Sam. I would say that probably the the more realistic real-world reason for that is that Spider-Man is a really safe, bankable property. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, name a Spider-Man, like even Spider-Man 3, which is notorious, made money. Even those James Garfield films, which are bad with a capital B, made loads of money. Like, you know, these... We should do them at some point because they're a real, like, uh, late aughts sort of... Uh, you know, it's only been four years since the last Spider-Man movie came out, but we're rebooting the franchise with another origin story. Because they had to you they had to make a film to re- to renew yeah. their agreement. Yeah. Um, but it's it's like you were you'd like you said, I'm endlessly fascinated by by Fox owning Spider-Man. And I think that now that obviously Disney owns everything, again, Disney pay us, uh, we maybe <laughs> might see Spider-Man because he is in some of those Marvel films and he gets his own sort of standalone movies we get we get to see maybe spider-man as a character be more become more integrated again um uh, personally i'm with you i just kind of want the guys who made into the spider-verse to make more stuff um you know give me a series with nick cage's like noir spider-man i'll watch it like it might not be good but i'll watch it you know <laughs> i'm kind of there for it um oh because oh, tonally that, yeah. Spider-Man is a fun superhero who deals with some quite serious subject matters. Like any good superhero, this is quite serious subject matter, but ultimately it's quite funny and quite light and quite brightly coloured and quite entertaining, you know. Um, and as a first episode of a TV show, I think this manages to do all the things you just described. You know, we get real-life stories, we get genuine, you know, quite like it's quite scary in some points as well and... and you know, little Billy's gonna lose his dad and all this stuff. It's humans. The humans. Dude, you really identified with little Billy, and I little Billy. God, God damn. And this, and this, and yet it's still fun. Yet it's still. You know, yeah, there's, still, there's always a happy ending. You know, like even yeah. though there's this stuff happening, this, it always manages to wrap it up nicely, so That's that it. you know, a kid's not gonna be like, "Oh, little Timmy was left without his dad for forever." No, it's just fine. Yeah, it's what's that sort of TV? Uh, as usual, we once again haven't. I in my this isn't really a, like a pilot, so it's hard to measure it with that stick because again, like because of the way animation works, they'd already made twenty of these before this yeah. one came out. But as Joe um, says, if this was if there was a significant gap between the the airing of this and if there was a you know hugely popular, good ratings, all this stuff, 
then it served its purpose as a pilot, which is to... What oh, no, totally. I, I just you know. don't maybe think it's got the hallmarks of no. of a pilot where it's not like a not like a network show. It's not trying to, you know, I'm Spider-Man and this is my city. And we do get that in a lot of Spider-Man stuff, but it's not this. We're just going to jump in and it's like, this guy's a superhero. We trust you five-year-olds to understand that. And to like, oh yeah, it's a superhero. Of course, he's he's going to save the good, save the people, and and he's going to fight the bad guys. Great, like it, it kind of relies on relies on you just sort of jumping in and knowing. Mm-hmm. There's Sorry, a three-month gap between the part, the first episode and the second. So the first episode aired on the nineteenth of November, nineteen ninety-four. Then the second episode was the fourth of February, nineteen ninety-five. I wonder so how much of that was. I wonder, wonder how much of that was scheduling. Um, as opposed to yeah. as opposed to production, it's it's they, hard to they, know. Really, they could it? have they could have ceased production though. If nobody watched the first one or it was panned, they could have just gone out. Oh, we'll just release the, what we've got, and then we'll just call it. You know, we'll call it a day there. So <clears throat> it obviously it obviously did enough in terms of it being a you know a nominal pilot episode. Even if, as you say, Dave, it's not necessarily you know a true a true pilot. Um, yes, um... but this is great. This is this is what I love about doing this podcast is being able to like go back and reassess and gosh, dude, I, I watched forty five forty five episodes of this when Disney Plus came out last year. So like, we don't necessarily need the podcast for it. <laughs> well, it helps though. It helps and it, it gets me. Um, it gets me back into think of into think of the listeners, it. Dave. Think of the listeners. I am thinking <laughs> of the listeners, and in terms of thinking of the listeners, um, I think we've really really done a good job going through this. Now, to remind me as much to remind the listeners, what are we doing next week? Uh, Veep. Ooh, Veep. 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 Mm, interesting, interesting. Good show, fun. I wonder if this is a genuine pilot that we're going to watch or if this is going to be I believe it is. I watched, I, I watched quite a lot of Veep last, last, last year, year before, um, and I think this is much more of like a... A standard pilot. It's a really, it's a really American show. Um, so, cost, like, this is going to be one of those ten pence each, thirty pence exactly. about good, good and it's money, be one of these, one of these shows where we talk about essentially American politics as from a view of British people who barely understand anything that's happening. Oh, it's going to be good. I, I can't wait to share my ill-informed opinions with uh, the whole internet. <laughs> just great. remind everyone you know like you should know by now obviously you should be able to predict our <clears throat> political opinions on any given topic yes yes not the bad guys i think is what we're going to say to that and we'll uh we'll tease it there and you can you can hear us tirade uh, next week <laughs> well we will see you next week and uh in the meantime you watch out for them lizards <laughs> <laughs>